Well, there is a legendary story about a master teacher named Akiva who lived a couple thousand years ago. And the story goes that Akiva is going home to his village, and as he's on the way, it's, it's dark, it's night, and he misses the turn. And so he's going straight on the path, and he misses the turn, and, and he encounters this big military fortress. And when he gets there, there, there's a guard up on the wall of the fortress who says to him, who are you and what are you doing here? And Akiva says, what? And the guy says, who are you and what are you doing here? And Akiva says, how much are they paying you? And the guy says, what? He, how much are they paying you? Oh, like 10 denarius a week. And Akiva says to the man, I will pay you double that if you will come to my house and ask me that question every morning. Who are you? What are you doing here? I thought today, we talk about that. Can we talk about that? Who are you? What are you doing here? Because I don't know if you're feeling this, but I feel as though so many of my conversations lately are surrounding people talking about burnout and exhaustion and like a deeper than just tired sort of fatigue. And I think I have seen three books released in the last month and within the title is Resiliency, The Resilient Past or How to Be More Resilient, something about resiliency. It's very real. Like what we've all been carrying globally, what we've all been carrying for the last few years, it's too much. It's too much change, too much loss, too much uncertainty. And at the same time as we're kind of like limping from that reality, it's like the world is opening up in full blast. And so all the stuff that we didn't do in person for the last few years, all of a sudden is happening. All the graduations and the weddings and the work trips and the travel. And so there's sort of this sense in which people are talking, it seems to me, an awful lot about these dynamics of exhaustion and burnout and, and more than just tired sort of fatigue. So, so today, big deep breath together, <sighs> might be nice. As we gather, you know, in this place, this sanctuary where we come for worship and for prayer, it might be nice together to put that question before Almighty God, who are you? What are you doing here? You look not just to psychology for the answer to this. We, we don't just look to our favorite podcasts or the best leadership gurus of the day. But as followers of God in the way of Jesus, we look to the wisdom of the ancient scriptures. We look to the life of Jesus himself for the answer. Our passage of scripture this morning comes from Hebrews where we read this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangled and let us run with endurance the race set out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him 
endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. When you ask this question, who are you, what are you doing here, you look to Jesus for the answer. Usually when you talk about, you know, who are you, what are you doing here, a question that often follows quickly is, what are you passionate about? And passion's a funny word, isn't it? Brings up stuff for a lot of people. If you look up the word passion in the dictionary, there are two definitions. The first one is strong emotions. And a lot of people think of passion just in that sense, strong emotion. But the second definition is the death of Jesus. Passion, it's an interesting word. It's, you know, this second definition is the one we want to look at today, this reference to the death of Christ. And it has a lot to do with, who are you? What are you doing here? The reason the word passion is associated with the death of Christ is because Jesus came and he gave himself for the healing of the world. And if you were to ask Jesus, Jesus, who are you? What are you doing here? He might say, I am the beloved. I'm here to do the will of my father. Jesus comes into the world and he, he announces a new order. He announces a new way. He announces a new way of ordering things. He calls this new order the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of love. It's a totally revolutionary, nonviolent way of living in the world. He announces that this new way has arrived in him. And then he encounters great opposition, great oppositions from the powers that be. And then he gives himself for the healing of the world. He comes and gives himself, you know, body broken, blood poured out, the passion of Christ. We center our worship gathering around this truth, around this reality. There's this word Eucharist, you meaning good, charis meaning gift, Eucharist, good gift. Jesus gives this good gift of himself for the healing and repair and restoration of the world. So when we talk about the body of Christ, the body broken, the blood poured out, when we talk about the body of Christ, we are, of course, first talking about the person of Jesus. But when we talk about the body of Christ, we are also talking about you and about me. We are talking about we, the body of Christ. You, in a sense, all are, in essence, Eucharist. We are the body of Christ. You are a good gift. Who are you? What are you doing here? Well, first, you are a good gift. And like Jesus, what are you doing here? You are to be taken and blessed and broken and given for the healing of the world. 
to be given for the arrival of the new creation that God is constantly bringing forth in the world. You, with whatever quirks belong to you, no matter what your Myers-Briggs or Enneagram, you who love numbers or you who love leading or you who love designing spaces, you are a good gift, a good gift to the world. And you being fully you is what we need from you in the world. And sometimes exhaustion, sometimes burnout, sometimes that more than just tired sort of fatigue comes from you not being you. There are a lot of different contexts in which you can be you, but often exhaustion, burnout begin when you are not being you. When you're answering that question, who are you and what are you doing here in a whole lot of ways that are inconsistent with who God made you to be. But the other piece of the passion of Christ that we see is that Jesus was not only being himself, he was also giving himself. He's fully himself and he's giving himself. He's giving himself. We, for God so loved the world that he, what did he do? He, he gave. He gave himself for something larger than himself. And that's the pattern. That is the way. That is what being human is at its best. Jesus, fully God, fully human, shows us what being human is meant to look like. He's being himself. He's giving himself. And we give ourselves to the new creation that God is bringing forth in the world. So, you know, just think for a minute about times in your life when you have felt most in sync, most the most joy, the most fulfillment, the most contentment. Often there's a there's a pattern to it. There's like a like there's like a good tired, like a Eucharist tired. Like you were giving yourself as yourself for something larger than yourself. You were a part of contributing to the common good of humanity in some way. And there's this feeling of giving yourself to the greater good that, that brings about this experience of a deep connection, a satisfaction inside. Yeah, it brings you joy because this is the Eucharist way. Part of the Eucharist way is to be broken. That is actually where the life is found, giving yourself for the new creation that God is bringing into the world. It, in the scripture passage for today, there's this line, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. For Who for the joy, can you say the words the joy with me? The joy. Like, do you notice what is being said? Jesus, everything that happens in the life of Jesus is in the context of his joy, like his larger joy. The scriptures are placing Christ, giving himself 
in this larger context of his own joy. So you think about that. I mean, the difficulty, the challenge, the oppression, the crucifixion, the being executed as an enemy of the state of Rome, all of that is placed within his joy. He is following his joy. And so the struggle and all of the things of crucifixion and oppression all are happening within this joy. And same for you. You have this good gift that is you. And it flows out of your joy. And of course, there's difficulty, there's challenge, there's struggle. You're going to have failures. There's going to be critics. There's going to be dark, dark days. Yeah, of course, that's all part of it. And we see that in the life of Jesus. But it happens within something larger, which is you and your joy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So notice that when you're being you and you're giving yourself to something larger than you, two things happen. It will come back to you and it will require something of you. You're being broken and you're also a part of this good gift that's bringing you joy. And that is why so often when, when you talk to someone who's a part of something really special and you go like, that was so neat, they say, oh yeah, sure, sure yeah, I gave to that, but I received so much more than I gave. Yeah, that's how it works. When we're a part of things that are larger than ourselves and it costs something of us, there is this sense of like, yeah, I gave to that, but oh, no, I received so much more than I gave. You being you will both come back to you and it will take something from you because it will take energy and heart and blood and sweat and tears. And this is, this is the way of Jesus. This is the Eucharist way. Like body broken, blood poured out, meaning we give ourselves for the new creation that's constantly coming into the world. There's an energy, there's a cost. We do it because this is where the joy is. You are a good gift. You are offering you, you offering you is a good gift to the world. The body of Christ needs the cell in the body that you are. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Now, um, some people will say that that idea of following the joy is not practical, it's not realistic, life is hard. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> we know that. Of course it is. Of course, of course, of course. Yes, it will break your heart. Yes, you will crash into a brick wall at times. Yes, that is all a part of it. And it is all the more reason to pursue joy. Because the heartache is going to come either way. All the more reason to orient your life around the joy. Yes, of course the hard things will come. For the joy set before him, he endured many things. You might as well orient your life around things that you love and around joy. Because yes, of course we all know hard things are a part of the deal. So 
if you are feeling depleted or you're just talking to people who seem depleted and maybe that's not your experience right now but you're talking like me you so many people exhaustion burnout depleted if you're feeling that way or you're talking with people you love who are feeling that way here's a question maybe we could just be asking ourselves right now as we emerge in this funny dynamic of kind of like limping along and this barrage of activity this intersection is happening Perhaps ask yourself, what is one thing that you could do today to just bring some care and support into your life and into the lives of the people close to you, into the people that you care about? What is something, one thing maybe, that you could do today to give yourself a little bit more care, a little bit more support? Because it is easy to start thinking like, well, if I can't do everything, I'm not going to do anything. You ever feel that? Well, if I can't rearrange everything, I'm not going to rearrange anything. If I can't do everything I want to do, I'm not going to do anything. But actually, small little daily choices can make a huge difference in replenishment and care. So what is maybe just one thing you could do today for yourself, for the people that you love, to show care, to show support. That looks different for, you know, what might be replenishing to me might be depleting to you. But, you know, do you in your home, do you just maybe need earlier bedtimes this week? Do you need to say, we're not going to cook that one. We're going to order carry out. Do you maybe need to just write a list of all the things that you're caring and concerned about? And take each one before God in prayer and release them. Let them go. Do you need to schedule an extra therapy session or a walk with a friend where you can just process what's going on inside you as the world opens back up? What is one, one thing that maybe you could do today just to show yourself, give yourself a little more care, a little more support? What do your kids need? Do they need a little space? Do they need more connection? Do they need a little more sleep? Water? Water? Always water. <laughs> what does your partner need? How can you help? How can you show your care? How can you say, hey, why don't you go take that bike ride or that hike in the mountains? Because there needs to be in our lives um, not just this being ourselves and giving ourselves, but a rhythm to it. You could call it like a Eucharist rhythm. In the Gospels, you often see Jesus will gather with crowds, and then he will go away to a lonely place. He'll go on the mountainside to pray. When you give the good gift of you to the world, when you are poured out, then the life needs to be poured back in. Otherwise, you don't have anything to give. We give of our lives, and then we need to receive. Because the giving, it, it takes something out of you. There is, for every time you're giving, there needs to be, you know, a season or an act or a, a time, a chapter, a something of a, a refilling, of a rejuvenating, of a restoration, of a filling back up. It's like giving and then receiving. It's like the body broken and the blood poured out, and then 
the body put back together and the life poured back in. You could almost imagine like on the dashboard of your life, there's a little gauge, like a, a Eucharist giving gauge. Like <laughs> you feel spent, you feel exhausted. Sometimes it's because, yeah, you have been being yourself. Yeah, you have been giving your good gift to the world, but perhaps there's not been a rhythm to the giving. The giving, yes, but then the receiving of life back in. You're allowing your tank, the tank of you, to get filled back up. You don't just give and give and give the gift without any replenishing. That's not how it works. And so you find those things, like what are those things that feed my soul? And you do those things. When you don't do those things, you find the rhythm just gets off. The rhythm looks like this, like you give the good gift, and then you stop. You step in, and then you step back. You engage, and then you disengage. This is what we see in the life of Jesus. We give the gift, and then we allow everything to be filled back up. We are on, and then we are off. There's this rhythm to the Eucharist life. And you are a Eucharist gift. You are a good gift to the world. You being you is what we need you to be in the world. So who are you? What are you doing here? May the answer to that for you come from the life of Jesus, both modeled for us and alive within us, living through us, showing us the way. May you experience the life of Jesus, the life of love as your answer to that question. And may you know that you are a good gift given for the new creation that God is bursting forth in this world. Let's pray together as we close. Oh, Lord Jesus, I lift up to you today each and every person who may be feeling exhausted or overwhelmed or burnt out or just not sure how to kind of re-engage as this world of ours is opening back up. Would you help us to live like you lived, Jesus? Would you help us to see that we too are your beloved children, precious in your eyes, that there is no proving or performing needed, but that just being ourselves before you and before one another is all that's needed in this world. May you help us to see how to live in rhythm of stepping in and stepping out, of engaging and disengaging just as you did. And may we through it all be deeply connected to you. God, our world is so hurting. We lift up before you all of the pain in the world. Oh, the ongoing violence that's coming through our news feeds. We pray for the, just the evil that has unfolded in Buffalo, New York, as of yesterday. Racially motivated mass shootings. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You don't even know, God, what to do with all the pain in the world that keeps um, 
coming into our minds and our hearts. And so we lift it all before you. We lay it all before you. We pray for your mercy, for your grace. God, would you help us to be people of peace in a turbulent world? Would you help us to live more the way of Jesus today? We pray. Amen.